0: Record! Brilliant. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> was that your noise uh, of the week? <laughs> yes! I'm glad we turned it and brought back noise of the week. Yes. People have been wanting it back, and we're giving it what they want.
1: <laughs> I Actually, I found um, one of the things I wrote in my little thought diary from a few weeks ago was, when you don't know what to say, make sound effects. <laughs>
0: Do you mean just in, in, in terms of this recording, or life, or both?
1: Uh, kind of life, <laughs> yeah. Because you know how I have this massive problem with people asking me how I am? And like it's so much mm-hmm. worse in the morning, which is when people tend mm. to ask you how you are. It's like, mm. I'm not even awake yet, I can't answer mm. that question. Why? And even if I could answer it, it would probably be bad because it's Monday morning, for God's sake. <laughs> like, and <laughs> so, I don't know, depending on the person, I've started bringing in the idea of maybe just making sound effects to dis- to describe my mood, and just not even planning them, but seeing what happens.
0: So if somebody asks you in the morning, how are you, yeah. would you then respond to with a noise? Yeah. What would it be like? Should we do a reenactment? I mean, we, so, we
1: kind of basically just did, but without
0: that. Oh, okay. Yeah,
1: yeah. So, right now. Oh, I don't I don't know. See, if it, now I'm thinking about it too much, and it's not going to be natural, and it's not, it's not.
0: Well, I always figure out when there's people in your life who are there for only a few seconds, like people you're passing in the street, it doesn't really matter so much how oh, much yeah. you freak them out, right? <laughs> like, oh, you can really make some... <laughs>
1: I see, I thought you were gonna say, like, you may as well just be like, I'm fine, thanks, and keep on walking. Oh, right. right. You were (laughs) gonna give, like, the opposite opinion, that's cool.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I don't know, like, and sometimes when there's kids, when I see, like, a child, I'll do, like, crazy eyes. <laughs> or, like, or like, like a funny face, and then just go back straight to normal, and then act like a proper adult again. So awesome. I just want them to wonder, like, what, what that's about. Oh like, my god! You know,
1: I bet like that's the kind of thing that you remember later on in life, and are never quite sure mm. if you imagined it or not, and mm. like don't have the words to ask anyone else if it really happened because they weren't even there. <laughs>
0: exactly. <laughs> really yeah, they can't. They can't ask someone.
1: Yeah, yeah. You're gonna screw some like, people up with that. <laughs>
0: Oh my goodness! You could go crazy. Um, last night I was talking to my friend at at his flat, and then a flatmate came home, and everyone asked them how their day was, and then they said it was great. I did my thing, and then they like had their hand and they they like they like put their fingers out in front of their eyes, like they were pointing. out out from their eyes. I I don't understand what that was about. Anyway, they went on, and then I'm like, hey, what did you mean when you said, like, my day was great, I did this, and then pointed from my eyes? And what (laughs) She said what she does is that sometimes, like when she's bored or like during the day when she's walking down the street in the Wellington CBD, she'll just look at people, like she'll make eye contact with strangers, and Uh she'll give them this crazy eyes look, (laughs) and she does it so that one, just for the fun of it, but two so that she, they can be a little poked. Like, if they're walking around like a zombie, they're just like, mm. whoa, like, you're a human being. And she's trying to, like, convey this message to them of, like, like, wake up. Mm. Sort of like, you're a human. Like, poke, poke, poke. Like, do you remember? Like, I'm a human too. Like, what's yeah. this crazy thing we're doing? And she tries to convey that with her eyes to people. And um, I thought that was kind of cool.
1: Yeah, wow, that's super inspirational. Yeah, it's like, let's not walk past each other like zombies. Let's, you know acknowledge that we're human beings and that we're probably i like it
0: just like a little poke like Mm. yo 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 yo
1: (laughs) speaking of like oh no i don't think it's even speaking of but um i was gonna be like speaking of buses but i don't think we talked about buses oh well (laughs) but um ah two of my friends in from high school used to like If they were sitting next to someone on the bus, they'd kind of be looking out the window in the opposite direction and then slowly turn their head towards the stranger next to them with this grimace on their face. (laughs)
0: No! And they
1: were so good at it. I could never do it without laughing, but like...
0: (laughs) (laughs) Scariest (laughs) thing ever that just reminded me of that. (laughs) Yeah, people doing weird stuff in public just to mess with other people. Mm -hmm. I understand that completely. I love that sentiment. Yeah. I'm sure I've done a lot of that in my life. I mean, I was the guy who, as a teenager, would dress up in weird clothes and pretend to be a time traveller and then, like, <laughs> go up to random people and say, what year is it? Or, like, "Like, what is this technology? And then run away. But I never thought they, like, in retrospect, I don't think anyone thought I was a time traveller. They just thought I was some teen being edgy. But, yeah, I still have time for that. Just yeah. people doing weird crap. <laughs>
1: You know, isn't that a great form of fan fiction to just, like, be a little bit like Doctor Who in your life
0: and see what mm. happens? <laughs> Ooh, yes. That's, like, the ultimate fan fiction.
1: <laughs> mm. Yeah, you could do that with, like, any character that you like, like Captain Jack Sparrow or something and just, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, see what happens. Like, improv fan fiction.
0: There was a guy at the music festival I last went to who dressed up as an army guy, like a soldier, and carried around a shovel or like a fake rifle or something and would salute everyone and he just was entirely in character as a soldier the entire music festival
1: (laughs) i think we should bring in role playing just like it could even be like one day a week and everyone chooses like a different day so it's not just everyone being crazy at once or you just get to be someone else why not Mm. it's so boring Mm. like i have my whole life to be me and that's a really long Mm. time i might like to try something different
0: Like instead of casual Fridays, it's costume Fridays. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, like, or like I might
1: do Tuesday and you do Friday, and like yeah, that like would a work out on my
0: schedule actually. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Who would you right. want to be? Like Doctor Who? And
0: oh, it's a bit too obvious. I think Doctor Who. There's a side of it which is, I don't know, quirky for the sake of quirky. Like, mm-hmm. I know I love that as a teenager, but as you get older, you just it gets a little dry. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's actually, in one of the later seasons of Doctor Who, the present Doctor is very straight, and he plays it quite, like, in a somber manner. So he's very serious. He's this grumpy old man. And there's they did this great little bit where one of the side characters um, comes in, and he's, like, this quirky, young, like, zany, random, young, charismatic guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and everyone's just really annoyed at him, but he plays it exactly as a previous Doctor played it, like he... Like, (laughs) like it should have like, shows the other side of that, you know? Um, Mm. So, I don't know, maybe there's value in not being this sort of OMG random, quirky person, but I would probably definitely be Ford Prefect, saying that. Mm. Just because he's so weird. Like, he's weird in a way that's not Doctor Who weird, he's just really, like, in his own little world, and if there's anything in life I want to do more, it's just get further and further in my my own little world.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that kind of, that carries a lot of meaning, especially for you, because we talked about that before. And I think, yeah, there's a, it might look quite similar, but there's a difference between weird for the sake of weird and weird in, like, a meaningful way. And Ford Prefect is probably being weird and making a point that you want to also make with your life. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, I guess it's sort of the same point as the, girl who's looking at people on the street mm. like, wake up yeah it's just sort of I want everyone oh that's right I was going for a walk today and this is the exact thought I had and I was going to mm-hmm. share it with you and this relates oh, awesome. completely board I was thinking about how you were really enjoying board games as as sort of a metaphor for life yeah playing games cool. and I, I was I was trying to th- I was thinking about that on my walk today and I thought about how you said that you did better in the game and you enjoyed it more when you stopped taking it so seriously mm and I think in some ways the optimal like way to handle life or the optimal use of life is, or at least perspective, is to treat it like a board game or a game. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean it is. I don't mean you know there's some real serious stuff that goes down and we should just be jovial about it. But I mean, as soon as you remove yourself and you just start playing with it, uh, you not only can experience it better, but you seem to do better at it. So, for example... Before going up for a performance or an exam, if you take it deadly seriously, you're going to be full of anxiety. But if you treat it like it's not such a big deal and you're just sort of relaxed about it, it's just a game, uh, you'll you'll probably do better.
1: Mm, yeah, totally, totally. And I think yeah, it's that kind of perspective of let's see what happens if I do this. Like I think that's. The shift that I've made in my life this this year from that insight, and it's great, yeah. And I think that's a really cool thing to apply to creativity as well. Ah, one cool thing that happened this week was like, you know, my favorite podcast on being. Well, Liz Gilbert was on it, which is like two of my favorite people in the world talking about creativity for like an hour and a half. I was just like, ah, so happy. (laughs) 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 So you know how. Liz Gilbert Gilbert has been researching a lot about creativity and having lots of ideas and I haven't read the book, but I know you have big magic. Mm -hmm. Um, But she was talking about being curious with creativity as to, as opposed to trying to be good at something. And that that's a much friendlier approach because yeah, you're not just out to like do something well. You're basically out to see what happens if you try this and that kind of, it's that, Idea of exploration that leads to a lot of true creativity because you're not putting yourself under so much pressure. And that's mm. kind of the same thought as what you said before, eh?
0: It's relieving the pressure, yeah, and using mm. a game as a metaphor to put yeah. your attention elsewhere. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's very effective. And Liz Gil- Gilbert is what a treasure. Yes.
1: Mm. Thank you, Liz. <laughs>
0: Isn't it great when you listen to a podcast and you love the people on it? And you just, as themselves, you're like, I can get so much out of this. And then you love another podcast or someone else. And then when they interact... Like what mm-hmm. you're saying, like, it's just, and you're like, this is what it's like. Like hypothetically, what would be if these two people were attracted? You get to hear it and see it. And it's just like this explosion of awesomeness. I know. Yeah. It's That's like the question, like, like, who podcasts.
1: would you invite to a dinner party? That was like my dinner party happening. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: In your ears. Yeah. That's and why like, I like when... podcasts as a medium because you've got all these people who are very happy to jump on each other's channels on each mm. other's wavelengths. Yeah.
1: True way. Yeah. Yeah. And how it's just conversations and based on conversations, like that idea that you had. It's so great. (laughs) Mm. Mm. Did you ever um, pay attention to when Amanda Palmer married Neil Gaiman? That was another, like, moment of that for me.
0: (laughs) Well, that's the thing. I didn't know Amanda Palmer until they got married, so Uh I... Yeah. So you did.
1: Yeah, I actually... I knew Amanda Palmer more than Neil Gaiman actually. It was more like oh. friends of mine were fans of Neil Gaiman and I was a fan of Amanda Palmer and then they got married and it's like oh yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. I have a lot of respect for her because she doesn't try to be attractive and if anything mm. she goes out of her way to be unattractive and I think that's really special in a female mm. musician and just mm. anyone who's putting themselves out there.
0: Yeah. And yeah. two thoughts. One is that mm. I guess she's it mean it makes you feel good and and it's like a good experience because it's not about the um the clothes sh- they're wearing or like I think a lot of people put themselves out there as like look at me I'm an attractive human being pay attention to me and then they use whatever art form like music writing um TV film whatever as sort of a as just like a an unfortunate obstacle or a like yes I guess I have to make you know these movies in order to be seen as famous like i just want to be famous but oh god i gotta go through this art form to get there oh and the other thought was that um it's kind of like i guess it was the marriage between two fandoms or two followings because the amanda palmer friends, fans like you and the neil gaiman fans are like having to meet each other and probably comment on the same statuses now and be like oh like hey <laughs> you know yeah
1: yeah <laughs> it's
0: also, like a marriage think... but they all got married together yeah
1: yeah, yeah. With what you were saying before, I think there's also just the idea that like I might be a good musician and I'm putting myself out there, but like I kind of have to be at least a little bit attractive because if I'm unattractive, no one is going to want to listen to me. Mm. I think that's a lot also the culture that we have, unfortunately. Oh
0: yeah, yeah, for sure. Especially when you go higher and higher, more popular and more critical mass, it definitely slides towards that.
1: It's a thought I've been having recently is that like I kind of think we'll probably this is a massive jump, but we'll probably when we have good virtual reality not really like live in the real world. And the interesting thing about that when it comes to things like being body conscious and things is that we can probably choose our own appearances And Hmm. that is an idea that fascinates me because that means like a lot of the problems that we have with, you know, discrimination and racism, and I'm sure that it's so much easier to move through the world if you're attractive, you know, Mm. but we never know because we don't really experience living in anyone else's body. So Mm. we don't really know the difference that it makes, Mm. but like once we have virtual reality, that's not even going to be a thing, you know, we Mm. can just all pretty much be free of a lot of unpleasantness that I think a lot Mm. of people are experiencing. I know I experience it quite a lot. And, yeah, Mm. I'm kind of looking forward to that.
0: Mm. Yeah, it's just interesting. The internet's broken down a lot of geographical barriers, and when we move further and further into this world, it's breaking down more barriers, like you say, like superficial barriers, socioeconomic. Yes, and that's a good thing. It's like the freeing of the soul. Like, Hmm. Your, your inside is getting to dance more and yeah, interact with that's everything else more <laughs> because the outside isn't causing so much trouble or being so much of a barrier. Mm, mm. Yeah. Place where the spirit meets the skin. Yes. No, that's brilliant. Um, that's a really good thought to have, especially with VR, because VR is happening, folks, whether you like it or not. And mm, it will be f- all up in your face and all up in your mouth and all up in your nose. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I feel like there's kind of a lot of mental opposition to that, and that ah, oh, life won't be the same. You know, like it's so it's so rich the way that we live our lives at the moment. Yeah, but, but then I mean, you think, I, is
0: it? Is it really? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I mean, I just I love walking down the street and seeing all this like advertising and breathing all of these exhaust fumes. It's great. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this is the <laughs> reality that I love.
1: Mm, there's so much to be yeah. gained from. I mean, it's it's dangerous as well. Like, I think that if we had VR, there would be just as much advertising, really. You know, and it'll be so much more invasive potentially. As
0: long as people fall for it, as long as as long as it keeps working, it'll still be out there. Advertising. <sighs> yeah. yeah, you know, as long as people uh, are watching the ads. Just... Uh, yeah,
1: yeah. Things I would change about the world. <laughs> You know what I was thinking, actually, like, yesterday, wouldn't it be great if we made it illegal for advertising to prey on people's insecurities? Like, I was watching, um, ah, it's on Simon Street at the moment, there's an advertisement for the Sky Tower, and it has this picture of this, like, happy couple and kids, and it says, reconnect. And it's like, what is the message of that? I don't see any message other than like, if you're going through hard times in your family, a cool thing to do might be to go to the Sky Tower together. Mm. And that's basically the Sky Tower making the claim that we will make your family feel more connected. And I think that that's false advertising. Like I think that there are grounds for that to be illegal, like they shouldn't be making those claims. But so much of advertising is, you know, do this and you'll be a little bit more like this really attractive person that we have on our advertisement, you know? And I'm like, Mm. why? Why is that legal? Why is that even a thing? Where's the connection?
0: Mm. Yeah, that's a really interesting thought because when you look at an example like that, you can say, yes, this should be, this shouldn't be so because it's incredibly misleading on a level that we don't usually talk about. So we don't usually talk about our internal emotional worlds or, you know, family business is family business. So if you're not reconnecting, you know, connecting as a family, whose business is that but your own? Mm, Advertising, I think at its core is just lying. Like from the start, as soon as it's advertising, it's lying. Like you can't, you're dressing something up, right? By advertising or marketing. So as soon as you're dressing up, you're, you're, you're like stapling feathers to a dead bird. I don't know what I mean by that. You're just like, you're like faking it, you know. It's, I, don't know sorry, I don't know where I'm going with this. No, like, it's, it's, it's great. All, it's all lies, basically, you know. And like there's that line in Hitchhiker's Guide, which is, if you work in advertising or marketing, kill yourself. And <laughs> that always struck with me as a kid. And um, I mean, the, the idea is that the onus is on the consumer, right? So we, it's our responsibility to be critically minded enough to reject Reconnect, mm. reconnect on a sky city billboard mm, and yeah. advertisers will do as much as they can because they will always say well the consumer still has a right to purchase or not and it's their it's their their life to be misled or not but i think mm. humans are animals and our brains are half conscious half dead like instinct ridden <laughs> lizard little lizard men brain things that just will always always be able to be controlled and manipulated easily easily, you know, and I think we need Mm. to, you're right, we need to defend against that or put up little um, safety rails.
1: Yeah, that's actually like what you just said gave me kind of two thoughts or like one thought that was connected. Yeah, I guess it's the idea that like, if you're not reconnecting as a family, you're right, that's no one's business. So it's not really anything that we would ever discuss with anyone else. So it just kind of remains this unsaid, untalked about problem, probably even Mm. within the family itself.
0: Mm. And that
1: kind of also opens it up for advertising to prey on that because they're the only people that are talking about it. You know, like Mm. if I feel like I'm not connecting, I probably can't talk to that many people about it, but I've seen this advertisement that kind of hints Mm. at this and like they kind of run together, I think.
0: You're right, advertisers, I think, research and they market things th- and in a way that they are aware of what we can't talk about or social stigma mm. in society, talk about different things and they're aware of that and they play on that and they play on the things that we can't talk about or are insecure about. Mm. Um, yeah, they just use that. They use it.
1: Man, yeah. Mm. So, yeah, and I think that's really important to learn to be critical and that is something that mm. we should, you know, try and, mm. try and mm. talk to our kids or our students or whatever about Yeah, it's like when you look at an advertisement, try and think, like, what are they preying on? Like, what are they potentially trying to mislead you? And, like, Mm. I think that if we're looking at things through those lenses of first objectively analyzing it, then we kind of protect ourselves to some extent from Mm. the message as well, rather than just being... Yeah, rather than, you know, not having a choice in whether or not we follow it.
0: Yeah, but... It's hard to gauge where everyone else is at. So you might talk to someone and say, can you believe that they'll put this on this advertisement? And then they're like, some people don't view advertising as adverse. And that blows my mind. And it took me a long time to realize that some people just don't actually see ads as a nuisance. And they actually like them. Like they get to learn about the new products. Um, Hmm. And some people do and some people don't. You can't really tell, you know, like you might be, it's it's sort of this is it's hard to sort of uh, convey a, a message of we should make this illegal when people aren't even at the stage of it's a bad thing yet they don't even realize that you know let alone mm. how bad it can be so I think you have to do baby steps with people like if you just made it illegal there'd be so much outcry people don't even, people wouldn't understand why they wouldn't mm. comprehend yeah. why you take billboards down let alone you know to such a intense degree
1: yeah yeah still i think that could be a useful subject at school like marketing so many people study it at university anyway so i think it pretty much should be at school and then mm. you kind of become more aware of these things of course it wouldn't really be in anyone's interest to do that like, no it would be any nobody, company's interest nobody would yeah. there's no like
0: there's no like Adbuster sort of corporation or like big let's like put a on this you're right like there's it's in society's interests Mm. i guess or like at least present economic interests in a selfish Mm. way to not tell the kids about how terrible this is let's just keep them believing Mm.
1: Mm. Yeah. Uh, yeah i was talking to my colleague actually and he said um the emperor's new clothes is so like symptomatic for the way that our society works and probably has always worked. That's why that story was made is that, you know, so many things are just people wearing fancy clothes and everyone goes along with it.
0: Mm, Yeah, I think I was talking to a guy last night who said that I was, we're talking about the matrix and I was, uh, I felt like I was (laughs) saying how I felt like it was good sci-fi. And then he said, well, I feel like it's good reality. Like it's a good view of how things actually are. And I forgot that. Mm you can still use that movie or people see that movie as a very good like analogy for reality you know like things are actually yeah and the way people develop and grow and sort of move forward is often in the same sort of matrixy way like people are thinking one thing and thinking reality is this and then they realize oh god it isn't you know they might have a Damascus moment or like just have a like, read oh, a book or something. Can you explain that thought? Okay, so you know when you're listening to a podcast and they say something and it just shatters everything or like punches a hole in your head or like mm-hmm. sh- shoots your ideas in the face and then you think, oh my goodness, I now see things differently because of this new vocabulary I have or this new information or these new mental conceptual tools I have. Um, the way the human mind often acquires this new stuff is with a jolt. Like it hurts sometimes, you know. Like mm-hmm. when you, and maybe it can, can be confusing at first. Or you be like, no, I don't agree with that. And then you're like, well, well, that's actually true. The things that will help us grow the most in the way we see the world are often the things that will scrape us and punch us and yeah. kick us. And just like in the Matrix, it's like this big, it's like a big horrific, like explosion of a of a reality change, you know. Um, and people think growth comes from like doing what they're always doing like if i keep doing this i will Mm. turn into something else if i keep running i'll be a better jogger and you know i'll be something else but by doing what you're still doing that's that's gonna keep the same things happening you know you'll still be the same person you have to like swerve you have to change directions
1: Mm, yeah Yeah. or at least like be forcibly changed out of your (laughs) direction that you were going in yeah yeah no that's an amazing thought yeah definitely true (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> on Being, a podcast that I listen to like every day, um, there was this beautiful phrase, like, there's a limit to what we're prepared to learn. Yeah. So like we set out thinking like, I'm going to do this, I'm going to be a really good runner. And then we practice running and kind of we've decided at the outset the experience that we want to have and what we want to learn from it. But, like, actually the true learning happens when, you know, these unexpected things happen. You know, maybe I have a car accident and I can't run after all. And I end up learning so much more about what makes me happy than I would have known if I just continued running. You know, and that's true learning. So the things that we learn are never the things that we set out to learn. Which means, I think, whenever anything unexpected happens or whenever, you know, often anything negative in our lives, like those are the things that you learn from because those Mm. are the things that you couldn't have known at the start. Mm. Mm.
0: There's always a bit of pain in that. There's always a bit of pain in a car crash. So like you're you're never going to come out unscathed, you know? Yeah, it's interesting. Mm,
1: Mm. Yeah. Shall we talk about your performance now?
0: Yeah. So I did a uh, spoken word poetry performance a few days ago now. It was on Wednesday night and it is now... Sunday Sunday. so a bit of time to sort of sit back and and mull it over and it was certainly a jolt it felt quite disruptive for myself to do it because you're going around your life living your life normally and suddenly you're on stage and you're extremely Mm -hmm. nervous and you're stage fright and you're performing but Mm -hmm. you're also there for a reason and you're having fun and you chose to be disrupted in this way because you like challenge you like to push yourself and poke yourself a bit uh the performance itself went really well i really enjoyed it it was about 15 minutes of me reading and recalling thoughts i've had turning them into poems so that i could deliver them to people who hopefully may be on the same wavelength or may have like gained some value from them yeah so i really enjoyed it it was so much fun i think at one stage on stage i just started jumping up and down because I was so excited (laughs) to be doing it. Yeah, like, the coupons, I just started, like, doing this exercise thing. Uh, Oh, I'm sure that was great. Yeah, yeah. Um, And I wore my shirt that says, you are doing just fine, Mm
1: -hmm. which is a shirt I made.
0: And I think, yeah, I think it was awesome. And I had a bunch of people in the green room before the performance saying thank you for wearing that because, like, these are the mm. other poets and musicians, and they're saying thank you for wearing that because I'm so nervous right now. So, like, that's, okay. I just keep looking at your shirt. Oh, um, that's great. And, but on stage, I think because it was a white shirt, it created quite a, like, it was quite bright with the lights. Um, and I didn't know that at the time, but when I look at pictures and stuff, I'm like, oh my God, I'm an angel. I'm a ghostly. <laughs> yeah a glowing ghost person yeah, my performance is going so well my soul has just been poured out of my stomach and <laughs> my chest yeah um, i had lots of fun i learned stuff about myself i recorded it so that i now know how to improve it for next time yeah so i think yeah. i'm going to get better and better awesome yeah. that's so
1: great well done thank you
0: <laughs> thank you very much yeah i think
1: it's something you'll have to do like a lot of times until you are totally yeah. happy yeah and I have awesome. uh,
0: a couple more gigs coming up. I'm performing at Papa next week, and then the week after that, Ooh, I'm in the yay. regionals for New Zealand Poetry Slam champion. So I view awesome. both gigs as further practice. Mm.
1: Yeah, mm. that's so great. Did you like? I saw a photo, and there was someone else on stage with you. Like, how did?
0: Oh yeah. So the performance I did was part of Beat Speak, which was where you would pair a poet or spoken word performer mm. with a musician. And the idea is that you would work with each other and, and hopefully add, you know, value to each other in what you're doing. Mm. So I was with a brilliant man who I had just met on the night. Actually, we chatted on Facebook, but we never really met up. And he would play these. He had a synthesizer and this amazing old school uh, wibbly wobbly wires and buttons and knobs in a briefcase that he had made. Like he had custom fit it to the briefcase. Oh, wow. And it was incredible. It was very Doctor <laughs> Who and he yeah uh, yeah and he would do all these like amazing wobbly sounds and for the poem where i talk about being 30 years older and a batch with my friends and just sort of having this idealized vision of me drinking wine with my friends and being very happy um he played Mm. all these bird sounds and cicadas and bush sounds Mm. and it it just went amazingly and his stuff was incredible he was it was just the sounds that came out of that machine Were just sometimes I'd be on stage and then I'll just like stare at him between palms and just listen and just forget that I'm on stage and I'm performing uh. and you just be like so into his music and just not want to just, can we just, can I just sit down and listen to this too? Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and, but I think one side effect of that, which was bad was that he never stopped playing the music so between poems no one would clap or react so it was hard for me to gauge mm-hmm. how I was doing on stage mm-hmm. whereas other poets their music would stop so they'd get claps and the one time mm-hmm. when he stopped playing we got claps and like woohoos but it was just sort yeah. of when you're on stage you need like the you need reactions like that's your lifeblood yeah. you need to know am I off track am I insane like am I raving right now like is anyone getting this <laughs> yeah and I think that came across mm-hmm. in the way I delivered it so next time I'm going to be attempt to be a Mm. lot more relaxed yeah thanks for asking
1: Uh, yeah i have multiple questions no you're not finished yet Oh, (laughs) (laughs) yeah no um i was just thinking from what you were like just saying is is there a chance that maybe you know you think a lot about going down rabbit holes that maybe having no reaction when you feel more comfortable it might be interesting to get no reaction and just like do your thing for 15 minutes as opposed to, you know, two minutes and then get a clap, that you might end up in a different place than you would normally. Like, that might be something that you find really interesting in the future rather than nerve-wracking.
0: Hmm. Hmm. That's a good way to put it. Sort of putting into practice what we're talking about is treating things like games.
1: Yeah, and like, you know, the conversation that you um, taped when you were driving to Wellington, like that kind of thing. Like. Mm, mm. But on stage, like, it could be the same, same idea. Mm. Yeah. Did you know what noises he was going to play or like you were experiencing them for the first time on stage I was
0: experiencing them for the first time
1: Wow yeah. that must have been kind of ah oh, that's such an interesting thing cuz like you planned your you know what you were gonna say mm. and then the sounds were kind of a surprise for you mm. which is like it's almost like you were the audience and you were performing was that kind of a relaxing thing
0: mm mm-hmm. yeah it was great because I could change how I said things and punched it up a bit or slowed it down depending on his music he was very accommodating and we, we would we talked about it earlier where he would he wanted to just react and support the poetry rather than mm. be the primary piece and um in exchange, I would shut up for a while and then he would just go crazy with it. For yeah. instance, there's a poem that I wrote where I'm two characters and one of them is, they're in a labyrinth, they're like in a maze. And uh, at near the end, they're like in this scary mythologized maze and they hear beasts mm. and gargoyles. And he managed to make these really amazing growling sounds with his synthesizer. So the growls got louder and louder and then my characters run away because of the noises that this guy made. Awesome. So there were ways yeah. to make really make it work together.
1: Yeah. Oh, wow. That's so cool. Mm-hmm. So great. <laughs> There's kind of a cool thing with maybe things being unexpected while performing mm. because it means that you don't have expectations mm. in the same way. Mm. It's like, oh, well, this is kind of a dress rehearsal. You know, like if anything goes wrong, yeah. you, it's not. You know, like, there's nothing worse than being able to do something perfectly when no one's watching, mm. and then you, like, stammer through it when you're on stage. Like, I hate that feeling, and I feel like having it be somewhat impromptu in that way is
0: really helpful. One of my work colleagues, she is an comedy improv, improv actor, actress, mm. and she's in a tro- troupe about that improv troupe. Anyway, the point is is that mm. she was – she had a big performance – the other night and at work we were talking about it and she's like i'm nervous but i just don't i can't prepare like there's nothing i can do to prepare so i Mm. just i just sort of living this weird frustrated like oh i have to do something oh wait there's nothing i can do because everything on stage will be entirely (laughs) uh, random and i have to Mm. react to things and yeah you're right it's a different it's a different thing for sure
1: Mm, yeah. yeah. Improv fascinates me at the moment. Like I want to, I'm terrified of it, but I kind of want to get into it just because I know that I'm terrified of it. Like not, I wouldn't do it for an audience at this point, but I think
0: um, there's so much, Katie, so many interesting things. I think things. you know what you need to do now. It's sort of like when someone tells their friends, hey, there's something <laughs> I should say, oh, I better not say it. I want to tell you guys something I better not say it. They have to say it at that point now that you've yeah yeah, and it's not so much that you've said it out loud or even been recorded it's just that now that you've thought of something that you want to do but you're afraid Mm -hmm. of it like you know Mm -hmm. that that's the that's the that's the green light as soon as you're afraid of something but you want to do it that's like the scary tingly this way forward (laughs) yep Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: And that's pretty much why we have this podcast is because we're both people that believe that Exactly. The weird ideas this we have. This podcast
0: yeah. exists yeah. in that space. It's <laughs> it's something that we both do that we're like, oh, I want to do it but I'm I'm scared, yeah. you know? Like this is like pushing us. For sure
1: yes even like even like when i told you that i wanted to do this that was one of those moments where I'm like i had this idea of maybe telling you that we should do this as a podcast and i was like no no i won't say that and then it was like well i kind of have to now and then Mm. i did and then you were like me too and like now Mm. we're doing this so yeah yeah exactly it's sort of like
0: looking at a cliff with water below and you're in your talks and you're like we could jump off this and as soon as you say we could jump off this now you have to jump
1: (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah, because otherwise otherwise you didn't Because you were afraid and you can't really I can't live with
0: myself if I know that. I know I know exactly the same. And there's like that little thing inside you which is like, what is life but jumping? Like what is life but a series of opportunities where you're at the top of the cliff, you're just like, I just I don't want to do it, but I wanna do it and I'm stuck here and I'm I'm life is but life is but falling. Like let's just do it, you know. Life is but (laughs) like flailing. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Flailing. Great way to spend your life. (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's it's. your friend heidi by the way (laughs) thank you heidi
0: yeah heidi had the what was the line like say it one more time i think it was just like flailing
1: flailing. is a great way to spend your life (laughs) (laughs) and yeah yeah falling flailing
0: yeah (laughs) awkwardly falling yeah yeah brilliant
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so, yeah, I, I met up with an improv actor. I told you like this week, and he said some fascinating things about improv that I won't tell you because he said them so perfectly that I really want to like make him say them to me and I'll record them sometime. Okay. But like, basically, this. it was the, like, there are so many things that like improv can teach you that are also really good things to know how to do in your life and they think Mm, yeah it's not terrified but I'm probably gonna do it yeah you may have to do it now I think it's interesting because I feel
0: (laughs) you'll be someone who will be able to feel these lessons and also communicate them very well Mm. to others and on this recording if Mm. you go through with it yeah and it'll be fascinating Mm. to learn or hear what you learn if you do this yeah yeah.
1: I I was talking to him and like I was just thinking and talking a lot about my comfort zone and i think i realized from that conversation that improv is something that i probably really need to do like i think that it would tap into various things that i maybe don't do so well Mm -hmm. in my life because i think so much like you said i don't often live in the moment i don't often act impulsively improv in some ways is not just like in a normal performance thing, but, like, if I were to do it wholeheartedly, which I hope that I will do, it involves, like, I think letting go of basically my whole personality, like, my whole way of living my life is, you know, like, consider everything, Mm. you know, Mm. which is the opposite of how you do improv. Mm. So, yeah, Mm. yeah, Mm.
0: we'll
1: see, we'll see. If I, when I, when I, I'm going to say when, like, (laughs) when I do it, I think I will learn a lot, like you said, Mm. yeah
0: yeah oh you will absolutely because the average person does but also as you say in your case you feel you're the you, you're 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 like a river flowing one way and this is water Just, slightly going a different way and you kind of want to see what that's like that's cool please consider this if you if you <laughs> don't do it now at least keep it on the table <laughs>
1: yeah i'm so looking forward to seeing your poetry performance oh. And like because i remember that <laughs> you sent because we talked about that that labyrinth poem and i really liked it and yeah Oh, I'm that one, happy. the but Labyrinth one. Yeah, mm. yeah. I opened yeah. with it, actually, yeah.
0: and I think it went okay for a first one. And people made references to it later mm-hmm. to me throughout the night, so at least they I was I was articulate. People at least understood the words I'm saying. Mm. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> Little victories, Yeah, eh? <laughs> that's right. Um, but with performance on stage, that's like me doing, like you doing improv, like, that scares me. I hate it. In a way mm. i am not comfortable before it in the green room there are people in the green room who are so chilled and they love it and they love their attention and i'm just on the edge of myself and a few others up there were as well mm. but being on the edge of myself is where i'd want to be if i was really comfortable up there i wouldn't be there i'd be somewhere else where i'm uncomfortable mm. yeah
1: yeah oh no nice yeah yeah because yeah, i guess a lot of what you do is you know because you want people to like you, mm. and then you know you're everything right I the do, Katie. That you can do everything I do is always mm, is just
0: please someone like me. Put
1: yourself out there to be liked or not liked on stage by like a lot of people in real time. Like yeah,
0: go it's here. Like, it's well, like, hell, hell. <laughs> hell. <laughs> hell. <laughs> I wanted to mention this because if I don't mention it and we mm. just keep talking about all these awesome things, um, then I'll, I'll I'll kick myself. Last night I okay. went to some a new friend's uh, flat for just like a beer and just chilling out and having a conversation and him and girl who was there, he introduced me to her and they like hugged and I was like, ah, cool. Like it's those two. And then I'm here as well. That's fine. Um, But they were like having a lot of sort of relationship talk and all this, like this secret language, like their own like way of talking, which you do when you're in a relationship with someone a long time. And I was listening to them and sort of just, Doing some active listening and not partaking so much and what really struck me was how well they were communicating they were mature adults talking about everything in such a honest open unfiltered way about them their relationship and themselves and each other that it was just blowing my mind i just and i had to say something i said guys can i just interrupt you and say you guys have better communication by a mile than all all couples I've met, like nearly everyone I've met, like the average couple I meet is so far behind you guys in terms of open, honest communication and just like pushing things forward and they're like, thank you, like we've worked so hard on this, like it's taking us a long time to get here. Anyway, mm-hmm. the evening went on and we chatted about a bunch of other things, which I might mention here because it was just, it blew my mind a bit, but at one stage, mm-hmm. I think I said something or they said something and on oh, that's right, I asked like who actually lives at this flat and they're like, oh no, it's just us. And they gave me a tour, and they're like, and this is, you know, my bedroom, and then this is my bedroom. And I was like, oh, they sleep in different bedrooms. And then they're like, yeah, like, of course, we're just flatmates. We're not in a relationship. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, we just loved, and then they said, we just loved how enthusiastic you were about thinking we're in a relationship. We literally think we're in a relationship <laughs> this entire night. <laughs> oh, <laughs>
1: And how did you feel about I thought it? I felt at first
0: really embarrassed and like man, I thought I was like oh. I thought it was all like I thought I figured it all out. Like I thought I was like on this like you know, this very perceptive vibe with these people and mm. I was just completely wrong. <laughs> I thought I was good at like reading people. Uh, um I think what it was They were misleading you though. Well they were <laughs> yeah, once once I had said like that initial thing, they then just played into it a bit. But I think what it mm. was was a testament to how good their relationship was in terms of human-to-human communication, that I saw it as better than most relationships, you know, than most, like, what people call an intimate boyfriend-girlfriend or partner relationship. I saw, they were talking way better than that, you know, and it just kind of blew my mind a little, yeah, that you can do that, yeah. (laughs) But I think it's interesting how, like, my perception of what a relationship can be is was so, like, misled, or, like, you don't necessarily realize what things can be like you don't even realize what a friendship can be often i think people are friends with people who are cool but they're also assholes or they're like into the same things but they're total jerks or they're just not or it's not that they're jerks or they're bad people it's just that they're on a different level like they're on a different vibration to sound like a hippie they're just they're viewing life differently and so as much as you both want to be friends, you're not getting as much out of it as if you were friends with someone who's like, like there, who's like on your sort of perception level or or mythology on how to view life, you know, and how you're seeing things. Um, mm. And I saw these two people as on like such the same wavelength, and I felt like I was on their wavelength too to a degree. I guess they were quite similar to me in how I spoke and how I saw the world. That mm. um, it made me re- made me like. Think about how there's so many friendships i've had in the past with people who have just been like on the completely different level to me and that's no one's fault it's just that you know there are better ways to have friends with people
1: yeah yeah in some ways like we put so much thought into the people that we're in relationships with and a lot less thought into who we're friends with Mm. but it would be cool if they were kind of on similar levels and like i think quite often you feel obligated to be friends with people like the cliche of that is maybe high school friends and then kind of other people where you just kind of strike up a friendship and then you know you just feel obligated to continue it like it's not cool to then you know start seeing someone less Mm. but i think yeah we have to think about what we want from friendships and have friends that make us happy, Mm. you know? And it's definitely cool to have some friends who are different to you. Like we also need other perspectives in our lives, but that like, I think, yeah, let's be really, really careful that we've got enough people in our lives who really appreciate Mm. us in the way that we want to be appreciated. And that's so important. And like, I think, it's easy to feel obligated to continue these friendships mm. that you don't care so much about. And then you have less time for finding mm. good people, less time for pursuing like new good friendships that might show themselves.
0: It's like saying I am worth more than this, which sounds very callous. But you're saying yeah. friendships can be so much deeper and more rewarding with people who are on my level. And it's no one's fault. but mm. And I think people, yeah. I th- to be honest, I think most people go through life without much of a taste of that. And people don't realise yeah. that like how crazy it can get and they don't in a good way like they don't it's like Mm. just like people who married young and are now stuck in an abusive relationship and then when they finally get out of it and then they have another relationship they're like oh my goodness i had no idea it could be this i thought it just had to be that You know, like, Mm, um, but with friendship.
1: Yeah, which I think kind of speaks for, yeah, talking more about friendship, talking more about how good it can be and being more discerning with it and being kind of, I don't know, like thinking about how to have the best friendship possible once you found someone that you want to be friends with. Kind of in the way that we talk about how to have a good relationship, we should also think about how to have a really good friendship because that's important as well.
0: Yeah, you're right. And it's worth putting time into because in society... Mm. I hate that phrase in society, but you know, generally we find people there <laughs> towards putting a lot of stock into. Hey, do you have a boyfriend? Yet? Do you have a girlfriend? Yet? Who are you going out with? Which is so stupid because those can come and go, but you know these. Um, if you want to be my lover, you got to get with my friends. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's or so that true. I think that... so. Yeah wise words. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I think, like, uh, ideally, like, let's just not really have internet dating or anything. Have really, really great friends and look for cool partners, potential partners for your friends. You know? And I think that that's so much more efficient Mm. than we each look for our own Mm. ideal partner. Mm. Because, like, I might meet a lot of people and none of them are right for me but one of them might be okay for this friend. One of them might be okay for this friend. And if my friends are also out in the world doing the same thing, like, there are so many more, like, potential connections that we find.
0: So you're saying, like, the great ones you'll keep, but the okay ones you'll just give to your friends. Like, you yeah. know. No, no. <laughs> no, I know what you mean. I, no. know, what, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. Um, working together as a tribe or, like, as... Yeah, because, yes, and also you don't necessarily know what would be great for you in a way that your friends might. Mm.
1: Yeah, yeah. And so often we're, like, kind of attracted to people, but then we think, oh, they probably wouldn't get along with my friends. And, like, mm. I think that either says a lot about the person or it says a lot about your friends. And either thing is not mm. good. Like, <laughs> And what it's really
0: talking about is you. That's what it's, that's what it's saying. It's saying there's something with you, mm. that you're choosing these friends, or you're, you're wanting to be with this person. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, I think it's not being authentic, it's kind of choosing a person or choosing friend groups to make you feel in a certain mm. way that isn't probably how you really want to be, or... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some, somewhere along the line, something's, like, not authentic, I think.
0: Mm. Because people aren't validated that they're crazy is fine there's no there's no cosmic radiation in of noise in society saying, "Hey, your crazy way of looking at the world, your like uh like interesting, strange sideways perspective on things that's totally valid, and please keep it up and don't fit into this box and just like be very open with that way of looking at the world and you might find other people like that too. There's no message like that. The message mm-hmm. is mm. like this is how things are, and if you are seeing things slightly differently then keep quiet <laughs> and like mm. be invalidated yeah. and like be insecure about that and, and try to get rid of it and be insecure about how you say things. Whereas if you, if you are with people who are you on your frequency, sort of on your vibration that I'm talking about, um, you can validate each other and be like, I'm not crazy because we're both seeing it this way or we're both handling it this way. So maybe, maybe yeah. it's a, maybe I don't, maybe I'm actually validated and okay to, to view the world the way i do it or see the world you know see things the way i see it and i think that is a like a silent cry many people have of like a lot of people need validation in that way and they just don't realize they need it yeah
1: you're well, not the only you're one you're not the only one absolutely no one if you're anyone. listening to this
0: whatever crazy yeah. like i keep saying crazy itself sounds i don't mean like that i just mean whatever unique perspective or interesting like thoughts you're having or way you're looking at the world that you feel is very unique and you keep it inside. It's this interior world. I promise you a thousand times over, you're not alone the way you see it. There are other people who see it that way too. As much I'm a hypocrite because I long for external validation, but we can't rely on external validation to validate this way of looking at the world or your, your internal world, you know, like that will never come. So you either got to validate yourself or find some people who see it the same way you do, and then you can validate each other.
1: Yeah. Well said. Randomly, <laughs> I want some version of that that I can put I on see. a t shirt. <laughs> the entire thing. <laughs> random white t shirt. <laughs> yeah, no, I'll find some like cool poetic <laughs> way that I want to say. Anything. Like, if there's one message that I could put out in the world, it would be that. Mm, same. Of, like, don't don't be normal. Mm. Like, <laughs> do the thing, and the other people who are like that will find you, and it will be so much the better. The closest I can <laughs> find is Joseph
0: Campbell's line: "Follow your bliss." which is like, follow your bliss, you know, follow your mm, crazy. Okay. A girl at the flat I was at last night put it really well when she said, when I was, I was fumbling around and being quite clunky with my language, trying to describe sort of the, the, the people who get each other and people who don't get each other. And she said, it's like you see me and you see me and I see you. And most people, yeah. or at least a lot of people, or at least me in the past, will walk around and people don't see them the way they see themselves or people just don't see them and mm. they feel that's normal and that becomes normalized and you think okay that's something i just have to put up with but occasionally when you put yourself out there and you do you know jump off that little clip and you do try that risky crazy thing of letting your internal world out a bit somebody else might see that and be like ah a gleam a glimpse and then they'll say look I have that too. Yeah, you just have to show that, I guess. Then mm. some people might yeah. pick up your signal, yeah. but not everyone, because screw people.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, we're also unique. Mm. So, you know, most people who hear your signal won't answer, and you just have to keep on... And it doesn't it. mean
0: that your signal's, like, yeah. more sincere or more authentic than theirs. They're just on a different, like, radio station. That's fine. Then yeah. they'll find people on that radio station. And mm. that analogy really helps me when I feel people don't like me or there's like I'm trying mm. all my th- everything I can to make this co-worker like me and they just don't at mm. a certain point you have to say they're just on a different frequency and that's like we just have to leave it there you know
1: yeah yeah then I try and think back to just all of the people who were perfectly nice who I just didn't like mm. and that mm. happens you know like we find different people interesting mm. yeah that's what I think whenever someone doesn't like me I mean there's always a chance that there's something that I should change and normally you know that you can feel it if they really don't like you and you're not happy with how you were in that moment as well and you know those are the things that you should change and not hide from but um you know a lot of the time people just you know don't find you that interesting and that's normal that happens
0: i just i just feel like most of my life is lived in my head and i know i feel you're quite similar katie Mm. where and it's not this world is never brought out or talked about to people it's just most of my life is quite private and it's in this internal monologue and this internal little world of thoughts that I have and then like 80% of the time I'm in this space and I and it's such a not a lonely place but I'm definitely alone in it and I just walk around my life like in this world and then occasionally um I'll socialize and talk to people and whenever I try to social it's always quite clumsy like I can never quite express this internal world in a way that I feel does it justice and I think that's just the frustration of like trying to communicate the uncommunicatable un- but um it's just interesting when you find other people who do sort of see things like this too you know like most of me is not what people see if that makes sense yeah yeah, yeah. most of most people i think is not what people see but yeah
1: hmm. that's a beautiful thought
0: hmm. and there's so much i want to like bring out and just like say on this recording or just say to friends um that I just forget in the moment like I I can't remember now but on my walk I'm like oh there's so many things going on in my mind now right now that I just want to like show people you know um and I guess that's just just how we live is how we just have to do it I don't know it's like is the optimal state or like some future tech just to be broadcasting your thoughts all the time if you want to because I might be down for that just to like record my thoughts for a day and have them written down or shown or like recorded so people can listen and be like ah that's what like either I'm not crazy because I'm thinking those things too or at least that's fascinating that perspective on everything yeah
1: Mm. wow yeah (laughs) yeah quite often like when I go for walks like you know how I talk to myself pretty much incessantly when I'm alone so often I'm having the same thoughts and the same kind of thought patterns or types of ideas that I've had you know, many times before, but I'm, like, articulating them slightly differently to Mm. myself. It's really, it just feels like consolidating my thoughts, like, I'm kind of finding better ways to formulate them, and seeing lots of connections that I didn't normally see. Mm. And, yeah, I mean, that's what I spend a lot of my time doing, (laughs) It's just, like, going down these, like, familiar paths, like, physically on my walk and in my mind, these, like, paths of thought. And, yeah, yeah, it makes me feel like myself. Like, I feel so much like myself because I'm thinking about my life and thinking about my ideas and, like, I come back from my walk and it's just like, yeah, that's me. Like, no one heard it, mm. but I've managed to kind of... um I managed to just weave all of these really, really disparate thoughts together in a way that I could maybe explain to someone if it ever come, came up in conversation. But even if I don't, you know, like they're in me and I'm not really gonna lose them now. Like I've kind of, like the more I go over the same thing, um, the more I feel like I have it. It's not like this smoke that's swirling around, it's something that oh, I have. Wow put into words in some ways and I, I have it in me now I'm not going to lose it
0: transfiguration
1: yeah
0: huh I understand that I could list the like the three main thoughts I had on my walk was I feel so amazing for please I, I mean when you say you're walking down these paths in your mind in m- my vision I had you in a garden walking around this garden and it's your garden you've grown and you're admiring and looking at all these mm. paths that you've grown over the over the wee while you're like this is all familiar
1: that is a poem that I no wrote way. of that. <laughs> that exact idea that like i wander around in this place oh, of did you my send it to me? I may and, have read it yeah. and
0: that's what i'm like uh
1: really... no i wasn't happy with that i was much more happy with the idea from the poem than the actual poem so it's kind of there to be redone but um yeah yeah just this idea that there are these kind of random like seeds that i've thrown over the fence somewhere and then they've kind of formed this Kind of overgrown mass that I might get to at some point and then there are these other more like pruned and cared for ideas and that it's all just like coexisting and growing whether I like it or not but sometimes I wander through and kind of take stock of everything yeah are you, are you,
0: are you <laughs> may I ask you a question are you happy are you happy mm, with sure. all, all the plants growing in your garden or are there some that are like weeds and you see them and you kind of wish they oh. weren't there but they're still there
1: no um i'm happy with everything that's there i think that might be a difference with us whenever i find something that i don't like within myself or in anyone else um i've taught myself to have the instinct of wanting to understand it before i decide if it's good or bad Hmm. and so kind of any reaction that i maybe find myself having that i don't like i'm kind of like well what made me say that in that moment Like, what what forces led me to, you know, say that really stupid thing? Um, And normally, somewhere along the line, there are things that I either decide to change or normally things that I can understand that just, like, came out in the wrong moment. And then I, you know, I can live with the weeds because they do come from a a good place.
0: (laughs) So when you see the weeds, so you're saying they're not not there, they're not there, but when you see some weeds, which is, like, an analogy perhaps for unhelpful thinking or, like, something that you haven't thought about, you just uh, accept them. You know, like, you don't necessarily freak out about it. You just say, well, you know, that's part of the garden, there's weeds. Just some small weeds.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, anything within you, you can use in a good way and in a bad way. And, you know, I may have used it in a bad way in the past, but that doesn't mean that I can't use it for good in the future. Yeah, yeah, so, I mean, these weeds, to use the analogy, they might just be particularly strong plants, you know, and we therefore see them as pernicious or, like, you know, What's the word malevolent but they're not necessarily they're just particularly strong and i can use them to maybe hold the other plants up mm. i don't know <laughs> mm. or maybe at one day yeah. one day you might see
0: so you're seeing use in in these things that you didn't before see mm. use in. Yeah. exactly
1: yeah, yeah yeah and in my conversation that i had with kate like there, there's a story that i told that i won't repeat here but like yeah it was me exactly seeing something that i had always thought was a weed and using it in a good way and being like, wow, like, from now on I can actually accept myself because I've done it with this one thing and I can apply that to everything and I feel so much better about it's like myself.
0: like you've got a new tool in the yeah. garden, like a hoe or a spade or mm. a shovel and yeah. you're using this in a yeah. way. Yeah. Yeah, I see it. I see it. Yeah,
1: exactly. It. So, like, not only do you, like, not have a weakness that you thought you had, you have a strength and it came from the same place. Mm. there all along i was thinking
0: about um gorse when on my walk and i was thinking about how much we hate Mm -hmm. gorse and how much everyone hates it and it's prickly and it's annoying and it keeps growing and uh i think a few years ago i met the great granddaughter or the granddaughter great granddaughter of the man who first brought gorse to new zealand and she said it's, mm-hmm. she just found it so funny that he did that, like, it's part of a family legacy that, that that's the guy who, um yeah, the, gorse the, guy. the much <laughs> reviled gorse guy who, who, who started mm. this whole thing. And I was thinking how much I hated the gorse and how much I felt the gorse hated me. And it felt reciprocal, like, how much hate that gorse is giving mm. out and, like, callousness. I'm also... <laughs> giving that right back to the Goss, I'm also hating and being callous towards mm-hmm. this thing, you know? Um, it was just, like, a real happy mm-hmm. moment. I <laughs> felt like, just like a, maybe we should stop hating it and it will stop hating us. Like, I don't think that would really work in practice if we just stop hating Goss, It would just, like, tone down and, and lose its cause. But, you know, there was something there, some sort of analogous thought, yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah no, no, definitely, definitely. I mean, I think you always have to remember that, Weeds are plants, you know. Like there's no actual distinction mm. between a weed and a plant. Mm. You know, the idea of being tenacious, the idea of fulfilling your potential—like those are good things. That's what weeds do, you know. Like mm. weeds do things that we totally congratulate other people for doing.
0: <laughs> and, but we, we this, and we have to like hate block it way. Yeah, our you're mind. so right. <laughs> that exact same reason. Oh, that's such a great thought.
1: Mm. Yeah. And also like what you were saying about Gorse, um, you don't like it and you feel like it doesn't like you. Like I've had that with people in the past where I felt like they didn't really like me. And it turned out like I just, there were a few things that I maybe didn't like so much about them. And I was letting that temper the whole relationship that I had with them. Like I felt so much negativity coming from them, but it was just this general sense of negativity that came from our interactions. Actually, it was coming from me, mm. but I perceived it as coming from them. And I think that's like that's a really useful thought to kind of test things like that. Like, if I feel like someone doesn't like me, why? And now I try and look closely at that because I've learned that it's not always what it seems. Mm.
0: You're, while you're saying that, I was thinking about a relationship, not a relationship, but a, a like an acquaintance that's in my life, and how I mm. do feel there's some negativity there. But I also think you're right, half of it's from me. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, I never thought of mm. that. Uh, and there's also this grumpiness of, like, well, the ball's in their court, you know, like, if they don't like me, like, they need to sort it out. But that's a negative thought, you know? So already you're generating some negativity when you interact with them, which would, again, spur them to be negative towards you. It's sort of, you know, fear begets fear and yeah. like, dislike begets dislike. So a friend at university was saying how our public discourse about the tragedies in europe and all every time something terrible like what happened in france happens and we talk about it we're sort of spreading that negativity in a way like we're spreading fear and we're and we're we're Mm. becoming afraid when we live in new zealand and we don't necessarily have to be afraid in the same way that someone closer to the epicenter of this Needs to be afraid, and yet we sort of work ourselves up into this state of fear, and we're sort of just spreading the fear, you know? It's like we've caught it, like it's contagion. That's oh, yeah, topic. you're so right. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's totally talk about that mm. another day because I mm. have thoughts on that. But I really want to hear your other thoughts. From oh, yeah,
0: your so the first thought was, Aren't I great? Like, hmm, 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 look at me. I feel so cool. I've got my backpack cool. full of fruit. And a drink bottle full of water, and I've got a book of poetry and a novel that I love, and I've got my notebook, and I'm walking through nature, and my phone is not even on right now. Ho ho! Awesome. Aren't I an incredible human being? Yeah. And I was having a great time, like just being so enamored by myself <laughs> about what I was doing, um, mm. and throughout the entire trip, that's what. No yeah, I'm looking at it. like that's one of the thoughts. <laughs> yeah. That like that trailed me and was like, "This is me. This is what I'm doing." The other two. One of them was yeah. Just feeling good about life and being grateful for my life and doing a gratefulness list and doing a thankfulness list and just and just like looking after myself and doing a bunch of sort of mental self care in that way and just like sort of absorbing mm. the sun and the and the um the the beautiful day and you know and the listening to the toys and just like consuming that all and like can, and associating that with like making good decisions in my life and working hard at certain things and just feeling really good about that and the last thought I had was it's a bit of a dog park like people bring their dogs through the gully quite a bit so you're always walking not always but you're often walking towards a dog and there's a dog coming towards you and there's the owner and the dog's like all excited to see you and jumps up on you and the owner's like down, boy And then the dog has to learn not to jump on you and then you sort of stand there like oh all right like thank you like sorry, you know (laughs) um and i a good part of me was this neurotic like overthinking of every time i had to interact with someone (laughs) like here comes someone else Hmm, how do i act and it wasn't even like i don't know how to do this i'm not a very not very good at socializing it was like this massive overthinking of like what's the most optimal way to act with this person you know like i know to say Mm -hmm. good day or like hey how's it going like i i want to do this and that's just like a normal interaction but like what's the most optimal way like how deep can we go with this interaction with this person um as like some sort of mental exercise or like weird hobby of mine uh Hmm. and then it all spoiled because when i walked up to when i was walking by the guy he like looked at me and then i was like Hey, good good afternoon. But I was yawning at the same time, so it's like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> and, you know, the whole thing was like a pointless, really. <laughs> yeah. So that was my one. Oh.
1: <laughs> well, I think there's no such thing as overthinking unless it's actually uh, making you unhappy. Yes. Like that should be the definition of overthinking, and that's for you to decide. And I think you know how to snap out I of it. I feel like if this is another are, anyway. topic for
0: a, a good chunk. Of time and energy so yes um yes. i just want to say um <laughs> no, I'll yeah, be i have been reading mm. um justine Gardner gaidner who's a are you familiar mm. sophie's world sophie's yes. world and um yeah, in the like novel but also yes. philosophy lecture and my favorite <laughs> and this will be another for another time but the solitaire mystery changed my life and like created me. So the book, the solitaire mystery is amazing. Oh, and it was so fundamental wow. for how I see myself and how I see the world. And that's another book of hers or his, or okay. this author's. And the point I'm trying yeah. to make with, I'm, re- I'm reading Maya right now, which is another book by Justine Gaidner. And I just wanted to say, mm-hmm. if you've been listening to this and you feel like you're on my wavelength at all, or you see things or feel things the same way I do. And you know, we do. And, the, and this recording does read some of this stuff because the solitaire mystery sophie's world Maya, this person's on my level like it's not on everyone's level and it's not necessarily a better level but whatever wavelength i'm on this is amazing because this person is on the same wavelength and it feels so good to read stuff that you resonate with in that way that was mm-hmm. a plug
1: awesome awesome yeah i'd love to talk yes. about that sometime i i read it when i was at high school so i can't Wait, really which one? remember much but I'm sure when you sophie's tell world. me about it um oh, the solitaire right, yeah. mystery and I read sophie's world as okay. well a bit later yeah yeah so I might remember it when you're talking about it and I yeah no mm-hmm. I'd love to talk cool. about that okay yeah the cool thing about those books was that I still don't even know if it's a man or a woman <gasps> and I <never gasps> really had Neither that
0: do I. that's why I see it <laughs> <They're>... yes
1: <laughs> yes it's so you like you can read it with so much more of an I open never want mind. To know. I like never we don't want often know. experience I never that.
0: Want to know. <laughs> awesome! I've purposely not found out. <laughs> it's funny that we both thought because that. Because for me, the image of this person is so perfect as they are that to find out if they're a man or a woman would, like, taint it in a weird way, you know?
1: Mm, yeah, yeah. I think I keep alternating. Like, sometimes I mm. imagine it being this mm. really wise mm. old man, and sometimes I imagine it being a woman as well who's, like, you know, understands all the things that mm. I've gone through. And, mm. like, oh, it just it keeps shifting, which is mm. so great. Because, like, you know, everyone is a mix of yeah. both. and It's a really yeah, great... Yeah.
0: The writer has an amazing voice. Um, in a certain way but again we'll go through that and to be honest I think I've seen a picture of them once Mm. and from the picture I couldn't tell so (laughs) (laughs) I'm like that's the last time I want to look at a picture of them because I don't want to like read into it anymore
1: (laughs) uh yeah yeah books that have changed our thinking I'd love Mm -hmm. for that to be a thing probably multiple things because there'll be a lot and yeah Mm. cool I'm liking that people are listening
0: (laughs) to this and are contacting us and saying that I love I, I'm reson- they're resonating with what we're saying. I think that's cool. So at least Awesome.
1: You know. like what we were saying about like what a friendship can be like that's kind of what I want from this is that like if anyone is out there and they don't have a friend like or like friends like we do, I want them to know what is possible. That's kind of like in the back of my mm, mind why I'm doing same. this I think yeah
0: because wouldn't it be great mm, if we cool. weren't doing this in some parallel world? and we found people doing this who were like us, Mm. and then we heard them. That's the guy I'm doing it for, Mm. me in that parallel world, or, you know, people like that, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, that was actually one of the thoughts on my walk, is that, like, I've noticed, especially in the um, conversations I had with Andrew and Kate that we haven't uploaded yet, (laughs) is, like, I find myself talking about the same ideas quite a lot. I find myself kind of pushing the idea of cognitive empathy, and I find myself being open about how logical I am about things and I realized like I really for most of my life wasn't okay with the way that I am with regard to those two things and I just want to have the idea out in the world that you can be a really caring person but also be quite like logical and things and that's kind of why I keep talking about it like partially because it's new and I'm hmm. excited about it hmm. these realizations that I don't have to hate myself <laughs> and like also because I'm still looking for validation, so I'm talking to a lot of mm. different people about it. And also just like the third one is that I just want these ideas to be out there because they weren't out there when I really exactly. needed to them. And I'm really happy that I've figured them out now and I'm going to keep pushing them like any chance I get. Because I think it's yeah. important.
0: It's, it's almost, yeah. we're, we're saying exactly what we w- need to hear or want to hear. You know, like, when you, yeah. every time in I think about writing a book or writing a short story, I'm, r- I'm writing exactly what I want to read at that time. So as soon as you start doing mm. that, you're doing it properly, in my opinion. Instead of doing it, instead of what do people want to hear, you know, what, what do I have to do to fit a box or conform to some sort of understanding of what I think they think of me. It, as soon as you're doing it for yourself, you're doing it, The best you can because you're being you know and you're doing it the best for other people too yeah yeah Mm,
1: yeah it's beautiful
0: yeah it is tim and katie in pajamas Ah. you don't have to hate yourself (laughs) (laughs) awesome
1: let's say goodbye and then talk for a bit anyway until you have to go um Thank you so much for listening. Yeah,
0: thank you so much for listening, everyone. everyone. I we get to do that because we don't really have this angle on it where we're like, square squares. <laughs> but um, thank you for listening. <laughs> oh, thank you for yes. listening. And we much appreciate any feedback and downloads and tell your friends. <gasps> Can't believe I said that. I've never said that before. I don't know how I feel about that. But if you feel like someone might really enjoy this, tell them. But don't force it upon them. Um, <laughs> cool. Okay. Until next time. Thank you so much. Bye-bye.
1: Bye-bye. <laughs>